Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Imanya. He's now a second-time guest. Uh, interviewed him back in the day when he was running operations for a design company, but now he has been the founder and CEO of Funky Marketing, a company that combines research and strategy with creatives to help B2B tech companies develop demand for the way that buyers buy now. Nemanja, thanks for being on the show. How are you? Hey, man. Uh, good to be here again. Uh, good to, to see you and talk with you again. Uh, it's been, you know, ups and downs, but it's all positive. It's spring, sunny, shining outside. So, as I said, nothing to complain about. And for all the listeners out there, you, Nemanja, you're in Serbia, correct? Yeah. You're in Serbia. I'm all the way in the Midwestern United States. So, it's a kind of a beautiful thing uh, that podcasting and how online has made it easier to connect people and to share stories. And I've really loved your transition out of um, what you were doing previously. And I still look back on that episode for like what's good for design and different things like that. But you, you took it a step further with funky marketing of adding your personality into a business as well as creating like, demand creation, I think is kind of the best thing that kind of like really facilitate um, what you do and talk about what you do. And so it's more so of your origin story of why did you start Funky Marketing? Yeah, I mean, as you know, I worked in the the agency that was focused on uh, performance marketing, so marketing automation, uh, email marketing, website personalization. And uh, basically, you know, me and the CEO were going to a different sites. Uh, what was uh, said then is that automation works while you sleep, right? But I found out that it works while you sleep until you have a budget. When you don't have a budget, it doesn't work anymore. So you need content, you need brand, you need the awareness, those kind of stuff. And I was always a guy who leans, who was leaning towards brand and content. So uh, I didn't know what... what uh, I would do, I just know that I need to make it happen in three months because like I was in the middle of pre preparation for the wedding uh, without any any money left on the side and I had 9,000 connections on LinkedIn. So I just had 250, 60 virtual coffees, 50 minutes to half an hour, talked with people and I saw the same pattern repeating when uh, people were looking at B2B as like foggy, mystic, without humanity, without emotions. And uh, literally they were describing their ideal customers as the building, not as a set of people inside it that you need to create a relationship with to kind of sell them in the long run and uh, and repeat the selling. So uh, basically I saw from what I know from B2C, I can, uh, I can jump in, uh, implement those strategies and actually help companies get results. The, the first client that, I'm land, that I landed was Impahub Belgrade. So I was in charge of getting people into their uh, B2B pre-accelerator for the startups. So I had a chance to prove my hypothesis. I saw that it fits, that it makes sense. And from, from that moment, it was only the upstream. So in the first year, we closed 47 deals uh, only by focusing on LinkedIn. Uh, and in like three years where we are now, like I work with more than 100 companies, uh, consulted more than 200 companies, so did a lot. Uh, and it's kind of a, an interesting journey, right? We started as an agency. Now we are kind of consultancy leading the implementation. And this is where we are right now. 
I love it. I, I love your um, adaptability and flexibility in, in the sense that, you know, a lot of people have that agency mind of just that cookie cutter of just putting things together. And I think you, you, you hit upon it very well. Automation works while you sleep until you don't have budget. And I think a lot with the downturn and trends going now, uh, companies are scrounging for more marketing budget or they're, or they have shoestring budgets and kind of going through that. And so you, you flipped it on the Ted in the sense of, well, let's think of things as not demand generation, because we, we, we kind of talked about in the green room in the sense of there's not much of a differentiation of, you know, with some companies in the sense between lead generation and demand generation. Now you're seeing demand generation companies remove that and trying to do like a scientific approach or different things like that. But I noticed what you have been doing differently in the last six months or even the last four months is you're talking about the human aspect, but you're talking about demand creation, a connection of the personalization. So can you talk a little bit into that, into that in the sense of what has changed in the last six months with demand creation? Yeah. I mean, look, it was demand generation for a while now. And uh, the thing is that demand generation by itself doesn't mean just closing the, the leads, right? It's not, that's just basically lead generation, right? And if we are honest uh, with ourselves, you can do it by going to Zoom Info, Apollo, buying the leads and sales can create and close the demand on their own. You don't need marketing to invest to create the, the huge machine to kind of get you the MQLs, right? You want marketing to kind of get you the clients who are ready to buy from you exclusively. They know who you are. They know what you sell. Uh, they are ready to buy from you and they are ready to stay with you, not only to convert, right? So fr from that perspective, to be able to do that, you need to know how are they buying and how is that process going? So like, Looking at a couple of years back, I think in COVID, uh, everything changed, maybe a little bit before that. Um, we got communities that we didn't have before, marketing, sales, product, games, all kind of different small communities. When people go and ask 10 people that they trust, you know, do you know this guy? Do you know this agency? Do you know this product? Or they go to the social media when there are like a couple of people that they know as well. Or they pick up a phone and then call like three to five people that they trust, maybe more experienced, and say, hey, I've been looking at this thing. Do you know who can you recommend? So basically, uh, your job or marketing's job is that your name pops up in those conversations. And what does it mean? It means that marketing basically needs to facilitate the buyer's journey and go before the intent, right? Closing the demand is only going when people have intent. It's SEO, it's PPC, uh, it's uh, review sites, uh, a lot of different stuff. And it means that you are competing with uh, the rest of humanity, except the category leader for like, I think Christopher Locke had said the data, it's uh, around 26%, uh, for the 26% the, that category leader doesn't get. So basically you are fighting with everybody for the smaller piece and still for majority of B2B companies, that's enough. But when it, we talk about B2B uh, innovative tech companies, they need to create the new demand. Because if you do the survey and ask people, they have no idea how to tell you the answer because they don't know that what you build exists, right? We are talking about ChatGPT and all other stuff. There are new people who have no idea about it. You need to go and create that demand. 
And uh, how do you do that? That's kind of kind of interesting because uh, to be able to do it, firstly, we talk about revenue ops before we started recording. Those kind of things you need to first measure it differently, right? You most companies measure capturing demand, and they do when you do it, you see direct traffic, you see LinkedIn, you see Google, but you don't know what happened on those channels, right? You have no idea. But if you go and you set up, it's it's easy. You already heard it before. I think I'm, I've been doing it since 2017. Uh, separately measure capturing demand and creating demand. Add a self-attribution form when you ask people, how did you hear about us? And I like to add one more. Why would you like to work with us? If you don't create demand, they will tell you basically, you know, I'm yet to find out. Uh, if you create demand, they will tell you, ah, I got funked on LinkedIn. I got Nemanja on LinkedIn. Like Nemanja is jumping out of the pate on LinkedIn. Uh, literally the answer that I got. Or like your go-to-market hypothesis seems something that uh, it's promising and it's totally different than what I'm seeing in the industrial space. I want to try them out. So uh, this is where you actually uh, get something to report to the management that what you're doing when it comes to creation demand is working. When you have set up the measurements, basically you find out where your ideal customers spending time, how they're interacting with each other, where do go, they go to get educated, and you create a relationship with them. Basically, demand creation is uh, uh, basically creating a desire in hearts of mine of your ideal customers about your product or your service. And by doing that, you are basically facilitating the buyer's journey. Uh, so they come to you prepared when they are ready to buy. We talk, we talk, mention also that uh, customer experience is something people talk about. Basically, it's one thing that differentiates you from the others, right? Usually how it went is you get the lead. First, you talk with marketing. Then you talk with, uh, then you convert. Then, you, then it's the PDR. Then is the AR and then customer success team. And basically it's so many people and the friction is so bad that, you know, at one point you feel like you create a relationship with one person and then it goes out to another one. And then you need to go again and again and again. And it, it's not a way to build a long lasting relationship. And with that, marketing is doing their job. They are not creating, uh, doing creatives for the sales or uh, getting MQS, MQLs for the sales, they're basically getting new customers. And it's the thing that uh, it's uh, basically uh, we got from the B2C where marketing is actually selling, right? And I think demand creation is actually marketing doing uh, their way of selling to ideal customers, actually getting them to the point where they come to you to convert ready to buy and they only talk to the sales when they click i want to buy i want to uh to go for a demo or whatever it is the, the cta that you have over there uh what's different than demand creation is that this is a, a long-term relationship that is being built so we don't wait for customers to come to us we go and meet them half the way it's something that netflix is doing it's something that airbnb is doing you know, you have that personalized experience and it's totally different because of one thing which is essential and it is subject matter expert. 
somebody that can that your potential customers can trust and somebody that they that knows the knows basically the the material knows what what they are talking about and uh, knows how to tell the story of the company to the customers you already answered my next question <laughs> i mean we can go down so many rabbit holes here where it affects um, i mean it affects so many different things where now we're seeing you know we're seeing sales led organizations crumble and seeing more marketing led organizations thrive because like what you said like you're creating demand creation you're meeting them halfway but you're you're also seeing that if you just rely on sales and sales operations to and mask it as revenue operations you don't see the entire funnel or you don't see the entire bow tie and the other thing is is as you're building that out you're building out partnerships you're building out professional services because you're building out subject matter experts and so you really hit on that in the sense of like you know how are b2b tech companies you know heading you know heading with demand you know what should they look for but you you, you nailed it on the head in the sense of like Demand creation creates desire, and that desire comes from a feeling. Then you can figure out how do I reverse engineer it and systematize it in the sense of what are the most important KPIs. So it's, like you said, taking a little bit of pivot, not burning and churning and buying lists and going through sales ops and how do we, you know, basically, you know, drip as much as we can or do drip emails and things that we don't know of interest, but we're reverse engineering and saying how do we want to make this person feel and then moving backwards and saying, okay, how do we facilitate? It's, it's perfectly done, like in the sense of, we don't want, like you, you wrote a post and we, we connected last week to talk about this in the sense of like, don't throw it down people's throats. Don't assume what they, that you think they know. Ask them what they know, meet them halfway, court them. <laughs> and so going from that, um, I'll stop ranting. I'll stop, you know, grilling you with questions here. And this is more so of just the open floor of sharing your story of how, you know, you know, either with a first client or clients just recently where you've noticed this trend, you basically dismantled it. And what were the results from that um, based upon your expertise and what, and what funky marketing and you yourself have done? Yeah, look, the, the thing that is that I'll just continue on what you said and move forward with that is that, you know, B2B companies are sales companies and they know how to do sales. And based on that, that's how marketing operates, helps the sales. And they they try to solve the problem, but they don't get it, they, they have the marketing problem. And this is what I found out by talking with the, with the companies and by, by working uh, with, with a lot of them. And it's kind of interesting because uh, all of them, uh, We've done different things to create demand, to get them where they are. For, I'll, I'll give you one example, which is kind of interesting. We work with a, one of top 10 Turkish startups uh, and they were uh, creating something which is helping companies onboard their clients and customers, but also it's a project management tool. It's a no code tool. So a lot of things. And they were having issues uh, and questions of, what are some things that we can do to find out in which category we should rank? Because they didn't know where they are in the space. So luckily we didn't have to go and talk to the customers in that way because they were recording uh, all the conversations product team has with the customers and also customer success they had. So uh, we went through the conversation. What we found out 
is that they are calling them in five to six different names. So usually how the customers are calling our product or service is totally different than what we think, right? And, and it blows my mind how many companies don't have that answer, but they, they are confident that they do, right? When they ask, it's totally different. So we found out that they can rank for like five or six different categories. And to be able to do that, we build a media company. So in the first couple of months, we worked with them. Uh, we, I mentioned already, we've been writing even 50 articles per month to kind of produce the content for all the six different categories. Uh, but then uh, we also helped them set up the team in-house. So slowly, slowly they started bringing in content writers in-house. And now they have the fully functioning content team uh, and we are helping them with, with different stuff. Uh, and to be honest, that's one of the clients that is has been referring us to every single Turkish startup. So we've been talking with a lot of them. Uh, another example that I can give you, uh, and it's also uh, to emphasize one of the other mistakes companies are making, you know, they are growing, but they're only uh, growing with the market. So the, the revenue is growing and they don't, um, they see, okay, uh, competitors are here. We are all growing in the space. Everything is nice. Everything is uh, shiny. But if you are growing only with the market, it means that you are losing in the wrong run. So we found out that none of the competitors uh, are actually innovating. And we got, they had one product and we came up with a line of products. So like five of them uh, helped them set up everything. Competitors had no clue that we built another website, uh, changed the name, uh, fully built it to 20,000, um, you know, to traffic to 20,000. And then we changed the name and everything and blew up the category with five different products that are co covering everything. And I was so, I'm so happy that I was on the right side of this, right? And I saw it from the first hand, how it's happening. Uh, the third example that I can give, it's kind of interesting. It's the tech development company that we've been working with. Uh, they are now the, the unicorn in this part of the world going for the IPO. Um, Basically, the only thing that they wanted to do is because they were the, the biggest company in, in this in this region and they wanted to utilize LinkedIn. So we work with them to kind of set up how it works, how it goes, what can marketing do, what can sales do, what can developers from the team do. And in like when they become active in three months, they grew from 300 to 800 people. Like literally the growth was measured in the number of people they're hiring because they had a strategy of opening each new uh, each month a new market it can be a small uh, you know a small state it doesn't have to be china uh, but to be able to do that they need to hire more people so they had the the funding so that was kind of the idea and you know they they kept growing so a lot of different things uh, that we've done uh, basically all of them are focused on uh, mainly on linkedin where everything is happening, activating people from the company because I think in B2B tech companies, the, that's kind of the, the story, right? People are creating tech, but tech companies are protecting them so the competitors don't steal the people. But if you have the right culture, if you have the right values and people are uh, connected with the values inside the companies, then you can create wonders. I mean, mind blown here. 
Um, and you left on something where we can talk about this for hours in the sense of having the right culture and not losing people and then coming from not scarcity, but abundance in the sense of like, how do we up level and how, how do we help our people? But you, you hit a common trend throughout each of your, um, your examples when they're beautiful examples where instead of focusing and going straight to account based or going to enterprise and being really good at just selling and being acquired, you're refocusing and you're building out product led growth in communities, but you're building out different categories in order to stack revenue streams. So you're diversifying your portfolio and you're building out revenue streams. And it's, and it's things that people, they're like, Hey, let's just want it done. Let's just automate it. And then we run out of money versus like, how do we build revenue streams and reinvest? So you're, you're taking a very investor financial side of things and saying, how do we reinvest that? And how do we reinvest that in the sense of dollars and cents, but reinvest that in demand generation, creation, content generation, and media development, and to build out test markets. And so it's very similar, like, it's very similar to what other companies done, but we like, we stagnated, we like, oh, we let's just put everything into one product, and then it's done. Versus like, no, let's, let's build this out and stack revenue. And um, I've had experience with this, but I, I love your side of it in the sense of the demand creation side, because a lot of people are like, no, we're just going to do this and be very linear versus like, no, let's just do this. And how do we build an ecosystem and scale it out? And so again, taking a small pivot and saying, okay, how is this going to meet people halfway? And so Nemanja, like that's loved it. I love those examples. I, um, I love it when people get yeah, it and let, they, they can let articulate me, let me add, Yeah. Let me add one, one thing to it. Uh, and that's, you know, like when you ask B2B companies, and usually when you ask actually marketing people, what is the, the fastest way to get to get to the decision maker, right? They tell you ads. But on the other hand, now we are living in the era when you can have a conversation with anybody. And uh, everybody likes to talk about themselves. So it's like a podcast like this one, invite the, you know, the champion of the account or the decision maker have a conversation, ask all the questions you need to ask to kind of find out everything that you need to kind of sell them in the long run. And out of an hour of the episode, you can, you get the content that talks about different stages in a buyer's journey. Uh, you get to create the content and including the distribution, your ideal customer. Uh, and basically, you know, uh, if you know how to do the distribution right, Organically and through the advertising, you can make sure that each of your potential customers and every person inside the company from which uh, your guest is hear the podcast, hear at least one short segment of it that is meant for them to hear. And by doing that, it's easy. You are shortening the sales cycle. You are giving them exactly what they need at that moment. And you are, uh, you know, getting to them right there in the feed. When it's the time for them to buy, they will remember it. You hit up on something else where everybody goes right to the paid, like let's get ads in front of people. Let's just get this. Um, but you, you, you hit upon a point of having your employees be the advocates. Like that's a huge thing where there's, that's, it's so underdeveloped, especially on LinkedIn where you're, you're having even company pages are being underutilized on LinkedIn 
because the employees are like, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know if I'm, you know, it's not imposter syndrome, but it's more so of like, how do you facilitate of like, this is what we can focus in on. This is what we can talk as a company. You see that. And I mean, recruiting and talent um, people do a very good job of like, here's the culture, here's everything. But it's like, what about each department? What about each function in the sense of like, this is how we are approaching marketing. This is how we're approaching sales. And you don't have to be like totally consistent of like trying to post every day. But if there's, if there's meaning behind it, post when you can and then send it to the people. Like I, you've been in coffee, so many coffee conversations, quote unquote, like Converge Coffee. But you can go back saying, hey, I talked about on LinkedIn. Here's the article that I sent. So you're adding validity to what you said. So I love it. I love your dear man creation mind. You, you, you say very, very well in the sense of articulating the experience, like and and facilitating where should where should we distribute? Because a lot of people in the buyer's journey, they 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 create the content, but they don't distribute it in the proper proper way. And so when you're building demand creation, you're building the content, but you're also building the distribution and the media process around that. And so I love that. We're not going to talk. We can go in deep with like funky marketing and that kind of stuff. Um, but would like to know on this episode, you know, more about you in the sense of the man behind funky marketing, you know, work is just an extension of ourselves. It's a passion. It's, it's, it's our individual side of who we are because there's, there's, we're multifaceted. And so this part of the episode is kind of the why behind the scenes of like, you know, the wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain. And so, you know, what energizes you? Why do you get up and, and do the things you do for work as well as what do you do as a hobby and what do you do health wise to, recalibrate, to rest, to make sure that you're bringing your best self into your work. Yeah, I mean, you reminded me of something, you know, as the, the company is, uh, you know, just the extension of, of the founder, right? Usually or the CEO or the people in it. That's how LinkedIn is the extension of what's happening inside the company. And you can find out by just analyzing the company, the employees, what's happening inside the company. Is the culture the right uh, values and those kind of things? But uh, when it comes to uh, me, myself and I, uh, basically, you know, I'm a guy who does a lot of different things. Like uh, I read epic fantasy novels. I started recently in, in COVID, I think, when the business is growing and I, and I was talking about it constantly as the new entrepreneur, right? And I needed to find something equally complex to kind of, uh, you know, uh, takes my mind out of work. So I started uh, reading Steven Erickson uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of other epic uh, novel writers. I still read comics a lot. So that's something like, um, my, like if you look at my LinkedIn prof, uh, profile photo, it's one that my wife got me for uh, for my birthday, I think, or it was anniversary, just saying I'm half comic, half human. Uh, I ride on my bicycle still. I think I, I told you that in the last time that we talked about in the episode. Um, and I listen to a lot of good music and I just like to hang out and talk with people. You know, uh, overall, I do I do a lot of different things uh, daily and I consume a lot of different things daily. That's why uh, I'm actually that active on LinkedIn because you know, it's not an obstacle to me. I just have so many information that I want to share with the world, right? It's not for everybody, uh, but for me and for my mind, kind of uh, mind, the way it works, it helps a lot. So, um, yeah, that's 
in short, that's what I do. Uh, still playing basketball from time to time. Uh, it's, you know, all the all the gyms are overcrowded, so it's hard to find the, the place. But when the when the summer and spring comes, then it's uh, you know every afternoon basketball on the you know on the local courts. Nemanja, I love that you shared this. Um, true sentiments on a lot of things of just trying different things and being a constant learner from different avenues, different different points of view, as well as um, you know being active and not just doing the same thing over and over again in the sense of like, oh, I need to work out and I need to do this. Like, no, I bicycle, I play basketball, I do this. And just a true appreciation of like your, your love for creation, your creators, like honestly. And, and I, and I love how you facilitate those conversations around demand creation. So Nemanja, I, I really appreciate you kind of going through the episode, talking about funky, having the stage of just, you know, we're, we're very like-minded. We're just in different functions and I really appreciate your 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 mindset and your perception and your in your perspective of things. So thank you very so much for being on this episode. Yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for inspiring me to talk about all these things. And to all the converged coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap. Mm-hmm.